If you would love to create a transformational and successful coaching business, but you don't know where to start or how to make this a full-time career, then my new certification program, Influential Coach, is for you. There is no other four-month live online mastermind like this. I'm going all in, guns blazing on this one with you to skyrocket your coaching career and personal brand online. You will learn the frameworks I personally use for rapid transformational coaching so you can support your clients to achieve their dreams no matter where they are in life. You will also learn how to authentically brand and market yourself as a coach so you can stand out from the rest and build a career of freedom and fulfillment. Spots are limited and this is an application only program. So if you're serious about finally committing to building a successful career in transformational coaching, then head over to imjoelbrown.com slash coach and apply today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with a beautiful young woman that has crushed it in life. Her name is Hitha Man. She's all the way out there in the UK. And there's so many amazing things that Heather has been able to achieve over the years. Uh, she runs the Fortune Academy. She's an international speaker. She is a Forex trader, a property investor, a multiple business owner, an author, and a wealth educator. There's so many things going on here. And, you know, Heather, the way that she shows up is just really awesome to see, to see her show up as such a strong and powerful leader in this space of teaching people how to leave the nine to five grind to live an epic life. Now, if you have wanted to know for so long, how do I do this? How do I leave the nine to five? How do I learn how to trade Forex safely? How do I become successful in this uh, passive income space? Hither is going to break this down for you. So stay tuned for this episode here. Hither, thanks a million for jumping on. I'm excited to dive into these conversations with you. Thank you, Joel. Thank you so much. Um, I'm actually in south of France right now. So oh, just a little, yeah. Okay, which part? Are you in, are you in uh, Nice? Are you in Cannes? Where are you? I, I have a villa near Cannes and obviously I'm in Monaco a lot. I'm looking for an apartment there, but you know, they're tiny. I need to find the right view, et cetera. But that's, that's going to happen at some point. But nice, yeah. nice. I, I remember watching a video a little while back. Uh, you were sharing that you live in the countryside. Yes. And uh, do you, you have a house there or like what, what's why the countryside? Break this down real quick. Yeah. So I feel like, for example, the reason I've got a villa with a sea view and mountains and it's kind of the country version of South of France. So I am always a country person. Uh, not that I grew up that way, but the reason I love it so much is because it gives me so much peace and clarity from I'm in a man, um, like a very male dom dominated industry, finance, you know, business, property, it's fast moving. It's a lot of stressful decisions. People don't uh, make decisions well when they're under stress. And I feel that when I'm enclosed with buildings upon buildings in front of me, and if I go to a little apartment and I'm just surrounded by more buildings, I don't feel happy. I'll be very honest. Uh, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm burning out very quick. So I think it's a stress mechanism for me. And I feel uh, that best decisions are made when you're actually incongruent with your, your, your spiritual self, as well as the bigger picture. Some people get sucked up in a whirlwind of making money the wrong way. And that's something I'm very conscious of not doing. So I need that sort of sanity in my life. And that's the country for me. Wonderful. I love it. And I feel that too. I live here in Bali in Indonesia. I and love it. So, I've been you know, there three times. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been to Ubud, I've been to Singaraja, I've been to obviously uh, Seminyak um, and all of the nice, beautiful places. Yeah. So I've been there three times. It was it was like my go-to place every time, uh, every year for, for a long time, uh, about three years. And then I just hated the long-haul flight. <laughs> <That's what happened>. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I don't blame it. You've got so many options in Europe as well. So you're in a, a, an awesome spot. All right. So... Let's dive into this here, this, this whole vision that you've been able to manifest in your life. I love this conversation around vision. I teach it a lot. You know, our addicted to success audience is very much about living in their vision. So if you could rewind it back to the day or maybe the, the moment or the year where you said, you know what, I'm going all in, no bars held, I'm diving into my vision. What was that experience like? And how can some of the listeners that are listening to this right now and watching this too, how can they start implementing these steps? Well, thank you. Great question. I think everyone needs to figure out that 
point when they got obsessed with their new journey. I have to admit it was very young, nine years old. I remember my parents arguing and I grew up with my parents arguing about money. So it was pretty obvious for me what I needed to do. I was just a young kid, naive and thinking that, okay, making money must be the answer to everything. Like if they had more money, they'd be happier. And obviously money buys power, not happiness. But what you do with it is what's where I was trying to go. Um, and eventually, it, it, so, so very quickly, my dad was, you know, I, I became obsessed with watching how businessmen and mainly men, I didn't have any female examples. And uh, I watched how they made money. I watched, I, I tried to understand the people who had money. And they all had businesses, they all were like, you know, employing staff, and they all just were doing this big thing, no, no fear. Um, so I, I became obsessed with, okay, can't wait to grow up and be working and get money. And then obviously I got the standard advice that everybody gets, which uh, from a traditional family, my family is traditional and they just thought that education was everything. So I did the acing the grades and I just became like this academic person. Um, eventually I realized that wasn't the answer. And then I went into real business, like property and then financial trading. So I learned from real business people and that's something that is a shame that is not taught in education as we know it. That's why I love doing things like you and me are doing, you know, like telling people the real stuff. And that's why I, I thought, well, let's not complain about the education system. Let's create our own, you know, and this is what Fortune Academy is all about. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. And you know what really stood out to me when I came across your profile on Instagram a little while back? I know we initially connected and we've circled back around. I remember at the time, I saw your profile and I saw that you were actually teaching hands-on things because there are a lot of people that talk about creating wealth and they talk about the mindset behind it, but we don't know whether that actually gets results or not, you know, because it's easy to just parrot information. So I do love that you're hands-on, that you teach strategies. Can you share with us when you started trading in Forex, what do you think was different that you did that most people aren't? Because I know there's a 90 to 95% fail right for those that jump into forex because they're literally gambling right yes absolutely in fact the first eight or nine months i was gambling and i lost so much money 200k in two days was my turning point and i thought well i can't carry on doing this uh yeah this was hard in cash you know i came from nothing so for me losing any kind of money was annoying but getting to the point of losing 200k in literally overnight like i remember one day it was minus 110 and i was like maybe we'll come back and the next day 200k and I was like oh you know I was crying it was like as if someone had died it was like pretty bad you know so wait wait, wait. Uh, well, how much were you trading at were you trading at like 5.0 or 10.10 well, it was only half a million pound account but I grew that from like a small amount like 50k and I was doing well you know and um but I wasn't I wasn't you know, anyone can make a small amount of money grow really quick, but keeping that money is the whole thing that is different. Like anyone can gamble, uh, you know, and have a lucky punt and just say, yeah, I've made something grow from this size to, and this was in an eight month period or less that I grew it. So I was gambling. I mean, I had no idea how much risk I was taking. I just was punching in numbers and be like, yeah, that looks nice. And then just like riding the wave, <laughs> you know, it was so bad. And the thing that was different is that when I lost that money, I was literally that close to failure. I thought, I obviously don't know what I'm doing. I need to go back to what I know, which is property and um, and maybe, I mean, I was a medical professional as well. So I, I thought I could even do that. And the thought of actually going back to a, uh, a job was what really did it for me. Like I was so like, oh my God, I'd rather die or I'd rather work behind a bar. I would not want to do that again. So the difference was that I actually thought, well, how did I get good at property? And then I remembered I had mentors. I had proper experts who are way better than me in that field. So I actually had to go and find a mentor in London. So I'd find, I learned from a trader one-on-one. And that was the hardest bit because the difference in most people, that I don't believe that you can be a self-taught trader that well, unless you understand from a real professional what they're doing. Uh, and someone who's got a hedge fund, someone who's actually built their own cash, got loads of loads of money under management, like a billion approximately, then they're actually trading. If they're doing well at that point for years, at least four years, and I, I lasted eight months and blew my account almost, you know, so um, until I learned from a trader, 
that was a difference. So that took me three years and he took away all my bad mistakes. Um, and it was a tough journey. It wasn't a simple case of, oh, come here, I have a course for you. It was none of that. It was, you know, dog eat dog, didn't give me any time of day, didn't uh, believe in me, thought I was just this woman who had money and was like, I don't want to speak to you really, but you're still annoying me. So I have to kind of talk to you. So the difference was I was persistent. I, I literally learned from the bottom up as if you were in military school, as if you were, uh, you know, thrown in at the bottom rank and no respect. And that's what kept me going because I thought, well, one day I'm going to earn that uh, knowledge and respect. And three years later, I did. So I don't think many people have that tenacity. And that's the difference. You know, if people can't deal with rejection these days. Um, so I feel the difference is down to how tough is your outer layer and inner core. If you can handle rejection, then you can handle trading. Yes, yes. Sounds like you're addicted to success, Hitha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, in, in a healthy way, because I see what you're, you're up to. I can see that you're making your money, yes, but you're also investing as well. And I love that. I think that uh, some people can get in this cycle of just always trying to make money, but they're spending on things that aren't essentially good investments, you know? So I like that. Real quick, what app did you use to trade with? Magic Trader 4. So I don't use an app. I use a, a laptop or um, a software on a, it's brand, it's free. So you can use, um, I wouldn't recommend trading off a phone ever. I, I hate it. I mean, if I had to, I would maybe just look to exit a trade, but you learn from software that's called Magic Trader 4, which is all five. Now uh, they've got upgrades that is free. It's charting software. Then you have to link it to a broker. Um, and then the rest is down to you. So you've got pricing from, you know, the markets, etc. And if you get really good, and then you can link it to Bloomberg terminals, and then you can trade like that. So it depends how far you want to go. Yeah, nice, nice. I've got MetaTrader 5 on my app right now. And uh, I might have to check out the desktop version. I've been playing with trading for about four months. And I know what you mean, because you can get this uh, kind of like this itch to want it increase quickly and yes. you've got to work out you know where your margins are you obviously don't want to crash your margins out in trading because you can lose everything which obviously yes. it sounds like what happened to you in that sense yes. uh, and, and you do become addicted like one of the things that i notice i teach a lot around managing your mindset and even with my students i, I say like be careful of like what's feeding you and i notice yes. even with myself I was like, oh my gosh, I could become bipolar doing this because your ups and your downs. Do you ever experience that? It's like your, your big win days, you now. feel happy. In the Not now. I mean, maybe yeah, back in 2000, I mean, I had started this journey in 2008 at the beginning when I was doing it solo. Yeah, I was yo-yoing. My emotions were high, low. Hence, yeah. when I lost, I was like crying and, you know, it's ridiculous. But after you get proper training, especially this is how I teach at Fortune Academy, I detach you from money. Now, that's a spiritual process. That's not something that can happen overnight. That means you've got to really dig deep into your ego, figure out what does money mean to you? Why do you put it on a pedestal? As soon as you remove it off a pedestal, realize that this is a man-made thing. I am bigger than this and I can actually control my emotional process and create money because I respect it, not because I need it, you know, and that's the difference. When you respect the process, when you respect that you are actually, you have to be bigger than money because as soon as you make big money bigger than you, it controls you, you're on a string, you, you win, you feel great, you lose, you feel like, oh my God, I'm a failure. So that's the problem with trading. It's such a raw experience. It's harder than property. It's harder than any other business I've tried because in those kind of businesses, you can hide behind the product, you can hide behind the property, you can hide behind people. There is no people in this. This is just you in a chart and it's just your demons in between. And that's the scariest thing. And that's why I'm obsessed with making sure people's mindset is strong enough before they come onto my training. And if it's not, I get them to that point. So it is crazy how much mindset is a factor in trading, Hundred yes. like 100% needed. I love that. I love it. And you mentioned earlier that you were in a male dominated industry. Yeah, what advice would you give to women out there? Oh my gosh. I wish more women would try it. You know, like I just want, I, I actually have a, a little bit of a problem with women in the sense that I want more of them to just grab opportunity um, in terms of financial opportunity by the horns. They, they too, 
they kind of take the second seat, like they just kind of happy with second place. And I'm sick of that. Like I am the first female educator in Forex, speaking in, you know, before COVID, like speaking on stages, thousands of people every time. I'm the first female doing that. That's a ridiculously bad statistic. I'm hoping, I'm, I know I'm not the last and I've created uh, inspiration in women for doing the same thing, which I love and I want to see more. But for women, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, like you need to just, feel what what understand what's intimidating you like why are you intimidated of the male and dominated world i never was i like hanging out with men and females uh men actually are sometimes easier to work with because they can take it on the chin there's not much grievance with you know oh my god you offended me now i'm gonna just you know uh talk about it about it to my friends and just i don't know women seem to some women not the ones i work with but some women seem to be far too um, offended when things get tough, you know, they take it personally, whereas men see it as it is objectively and just be like, okay, that's good. And that's not good. This is what we need to change. And let's get on. They're a little bit more objective. So my advice to women would be just, you know, um, there is no difference and just enjoy the process, but ask yourself why you're not doing it. I think that's the bigger question. Yes. Yes. One of the other reasons why I really wanted you to jump on here is because I know a lot of people are looking for opportunities now because of COVID. Yes. They may be working in nine to five. Maybe they've been let off their job. Maybe their business didn't work out quite well for them. And I think yeah. a lot of people have realized like, wow, it's important to have a few streams or multiple, multiple streams of income coming in. Do you believe that anyone and everyone is able to do Forex trading? In terms of implementation, yes, it's not difficult. It's either, you know, you buy and sell or you have to learn. But the reading of the chart is also easy, like understanding what candlesticks mean. And yes, this thing isn't going up. Therefore, I make money from buying. But the hard bit is the emotional baggage that they haven't dealt with. Um, and also, yeah, because, you know, they, when they're going to win, they're going to feel good. An, an amateur trying to trade will feel good when they make money because it doesn't challenge their ego. But when as, as soon as they lose, the default process is, damn it, I can't believe this one got the better of me. I'm going to chase my losses and I'm going to go in again twice as hard. Like I'm going to get this thing to work for me. And that's where things become a gamble. And that's where it spirals out of control. You start losing more money than you've ever thought of. Um, and that's when, you know, real damage gets caused mentally, emotionally, whatever, financially, obviously. So yes, everyone can do it. And I feel 100% you've mentioned that everyone needs to take it more seriously now. Something they have to create other than a single income um, that they were probably relying on. Um, I do feel it's super easy though. That's why I created the fast forex system, dead easy. Like we've got 100% success rate when people follow it, touch wood, like they all make money because we've even got a guarantee on you know, money back guarantee saying, if you don't make money, which we don't believe you ever will say that to us, but we will give you money back because that's how much I believe it works and it does. So we've had a hundred percent success rate on that. Very happy. Wow. That is huge. That's a, that's an incredible promise. Most people can't promise that. So I love that. That's awesome. I saw a video that you shared on YouTube and if anyone's listening or watching this right now, make sure that you go to YouTube and check out Hither Man. Okay, you'll be able to find her on there, H-I-T-H-E-R-M-A-N-N. And there's a video that you shared about giving someone 2 million pounds. What was that about? Yes, now that's exactly why I actually wanted to come into the industry. So in 2014, um, when I started, the journey wasn't as simple. I never wanted to be an educator, I'll be honest. So initially I was just happy being a private individual, um, doing my thing, trading, property, that was it. And other businesses came just because I had time. But at that point, uh, I'll go back to 2012. 2012, I was in the National Achievers Congress. I was um, in London. Uh, I don't know if you were there, maybe not, because you are from a different part of the world. I, I went but to the one in Australia, yeah. Ah, was so it with Tony Robbins about. or was it with someone else? Yeah. 
Yeah, Tony Robbins was there. Then we had the British like entries, like uh, Alan Sugar, which is like a big guy in, in business in London. And then we had Richard Branson, which I'm sure you know of. And then we had Donald Trump, which I'm sure everyone knows who he is. So uh, he was speaking, everyone was speaking, and the promoters, I mean, it was a three-day event. Yeah, three-day event. And I was there every day. You know, I loved seminars because I was addicted to education, the world of education, you know, this type of education. And the promoter, was with me he was my friend like he was just we were just hanging out because they knew me from just business right so one thing that really annoyed me at 2012 there was one female speaker and I was super excited to watch I was like yes females tell me what you're gonna do and uh her 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 conversation was how to dress I was like is that it like are you kidding me are you kidding? I know. Look how embarrassing. Like, even you're cringing. Like, this is so cringy. I was like, there's more to women in this world than how to dress. Like, come on. I know that there is, like, super successful women out there. They're just not showcasing their skills. And I was there complaining about it to the promoter. And he said, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do it? I was like, oh, I never thought of that. You know, like <laughs> I never wanted to speak. So I was terrified at the thought of speaking on a massive stage. But um, then I thought, well, you know what? This industry is so tainted. Like everybody is labeled a scam. I still get it. Like hear the man scam and stuff like that because they just assume Forex equals scam. And there's a bad reputation behind Forex. So I thought, how can I differentiate myself from everyone else? And I said, well, I understand now, having done it myself, how difficult it is. It's not easy. But the thing that makes all the difference is having a bigger account. And I feel that most people, when they trade Forex, they start off with something really tiny. And it's not their fault. They can't afford to put, you know, hundreds and thousands or whatever in the account. And that's what makes it risky. Because they try to take so much risk on each trade to grow the account fast. So my problem, I thought, well, if I teach Forex, it's no point me telling people how to trade if they haven't got the money. So I'm going to bring the money to them. So because I was already in the hedge fund world, I was my business was very simply, I used to have footballers or high net worth property guys putting money into a fund. I would get you know revenue split from the fund. So it was very easy industry for me. It's just like referral. Um, I spoke to the hedge funds and said, would you guys be able to work with me? And I put some money in and we'll put money together and put it out and create new traders. They were like, yeah, if you can create great traders, we're always looking for great traders. So that is what I'm doing. So when I teach people through Fortune Academy, the aim is that I can give them up to two million pounds ahead. You know, and it might take three years to train them to that level because mentally they need to be right. I know they'll get the strategy, but mentally is my job. Um, and then they take 25%. That's £200,000 a year, potentially, for using one hour a day. I mean, that's the beginning. If they're really that good, we'll throw money at them because the hedge funds have billions under management and they, they look for good traders. They don't have enough good traders out there. So it's hard to create a good trader, but that's what I'm doing at Fortune Academy. And then $2 million is the small money in this hedge fund world, like that's not considered a big deal, but I'm happy to put 2 million on the table, not just me, but like linked with them and we'll give a profit split. So I will take the same as my trader and the rest goes into the hedge fund. So it's a very much a win-win deal. And, you know, it's kind of like a no brainer. So if you guys can get on it, I would, because unless you've got 2 million yourself, you know, then you should yeah. consider it. I like this. I, lost actually it's so interesting because when i say the word i lost i don't even know if i want to say that like six thousand seven hundred bucks left my trading account okay it was in the negatives and i closed out because it just it it hit the stop loss it just kept going and i'm and i'm happy it did because i probably would have got to like ten thousand eleven thousand as i watched the the british pound just continue to just climb and i was on a sell and that day, it was really interesting. Something switched in me. I was like, I'm actually really happy that happened because I was okay with it happening, which meant that my money mindset went to a whole new level. Now, do I want to do that again? No, I want to be smarter this time. But to yeah. know, like, you, I feel like we create these kind of inner like parameters within ourselves on how much we consider to be big money and yeah. little money. And, and it's like your mind stretches to a certain 
capacity that you you just won't accept anything else anymore out like outside of it or or you know what was less than before so if there's anything that you are able to even take from giving forex a shot or going through hit those programs just know it's going to teach you so much about money mindset i looked at money in a very different way after i started trading i used it as a tool i got really clear on why it was important for me to make money and as I was profiting in, in Forex trading, I would assign goals to my profits. So I'd say, okay, if I make this much, then I'm going to you know, buy this. If I make this much, I'm going to put this much into my account. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the major thing that you, might, you have overlooked because you lost money, it's risk management. And it's not just any risk management. Everyone's heard of risk management. But I've actually studied hedge funds and I'm a very like – obsessive studying kind of person but i've literally foolproofed the risk management system it's called the rolling risk management system i've trademarked it it's the best in the world it's better than hedge funds hedge funds can't even argue with it we are 100 percent foolproof so if you have that system in place as in if I, I teach everybody this it's like a module in my fast track forex it's i actually brought it from the top level education and put it in my beginner level because you know it's like foolproofs the whole thing if you follow that you cannot blow your account. And I'm holding people to that. Like you cannot blow your account. So even Joel, if there was one thing I taught you. (laughs) Let's do it. Yes. Um, (laughs) You would never, ever lose more than you ever, you know, if you were risking 100%, then yes, you are aware that you may blow it. But if you're not risking it, if you're risking 10% of your account, uh, the rolling risk management system is that good that you will maximum you will lose is 10% or less, you know, because it's that solid. Um, obviously, trading error only. But if there is something like a Swiss franc crash that happened in 2015 or something, that's not involved in this. Something the markets do is different, i.e. if the brokers just pull the plug and your, ch- your charts just switched off um, and the whole thing just had a massive slippage, that doesn't count. But everything trading related so every position you take every trade you take even when they start going wrong the rolling risk management protects you from losses that you will never um, want to incur so it's very good when you've got that you feel safe you don't have sleepless nights it makes all the difference and you cannot lose anything by surprise so you need that everyone needs that yeah the thing i like about Forex trading too is what goes up must come down. What goes down eventually goes back up, right? So, and I get it. There's there's a lot of different strategies that can be created around it. And I love that you've committed yourself to experimenting and to learn from the best of the best as well to bring the best yeah. strategy. So yeah, definitely check out Hither's course. Uh, they can reach you on Instagram, right? Or YouTube. Yeah, you can, I, I will probably uh, give them a link to one of my team just to have a free chat. They don't even have to buy anything. I don't want to sell anything to anyone. I just want them to reach out to my team and just figure out what's right for them because I don't actually recommend Forex if you're completely skip broke. Like I actually tell my team I, I've trained to say no to some people. So if they're like completely, absolutely broke, I'm like, get a job so that you're not relying on the forex to pay your bills yet you know after six months if fingers crossed you're following the system and everything's working out then maybe we can start building that thing but i don't allow people to take money out of it from day one i say incubate that forex account for six months let it grow when you when you can afford to let that account grow for six months and not touch it and still actively trade it that's when you're ready you know so you've got another income stream paying and then eventually the shift from forex taking over your income is easy because then i will give you a strategy on how to replace your income with forex but yeah so i would say uh best thing for them joel is just uh the link that i will give you is uh just you know speak to my team and they can just yeah. reach out or they can reach them out to my team through my instagram of course at yeah, the, yeah that's right there's a there's a link in your bio and all that too um, oh, yeah. what, would, what would you say would be a great base point to start at for anyone that says you know what i really like this conversation and and i do want to you know explore this what would be a good starting point financially for someone to invest in trading Um, i mean some of my beginners have started with 500 pound and then to a couple of thousand starting point so it's not like a huge amount but um i would say 500 is an absolute minimum i don't set minimums because brokers actually do that i'm not a broker and i don't want to be but if um i mean yeah i'd say just put as much as you can put aside and then you'll take it more seriously because you won't want to blow that thing you'll be very careful with it so as long as you're careful with the money that you put in that i will respect any amount you put in to be honest so 
even if it's a little bit less, but I don't allow demo trading. So I'm not sure what you might have done. I know I started off demo trading and that's possibly what's messed around with my head. Someone said, oh, demo trade for three months and then you'll be good. And demo trading gives you all the fake fake uh, money mindset because you think you're good and you're not good because as soon as you start losing a little bit of real money, you start having a meltdown. So I don't allow people to trade fake money. So it's got to be real from day one. That's why I say make it money that you uh, are going to respect. So then you'll do better. You'll learn better from the very beginning. Yeah. I did the same thing as you. I just went straight into using money first I had I had some similar advice from someone that uh, warped their sense of their wins, you know, and and I think you can you know because you can set the base limit and they set it at like a hundred thousand bucks and and I'm like, but do you actually have a hundred thousand to put in? And they're like, no, no. So every time you you increase, you got to work out how much you're willing to put in for each trade. So yeah, I like this. I like that you're you're breaking this down. I know that you now are in a space where you have properties in multiple locations. You've got a great academy running, thousands of students that have gone through there. I'd say tens and tens of thousands that have learned from you over the years and stages around the world, all these awesome things. Was there a point in your life where you just felt like, damn, I'm, I'm at like struggle town with this right now? And how did you break through it? Uh, with When I've done through this journey of after getting on, that probably has happened every like twice a year, three times a year, every year. Yeah, <laughs> you know where I'm like, real. <laughs> yeah, like every year I'm like, God, this is too much. I qu- I want to quit, you know. But that be that's usually the overwhelm that comes with I've scaled really fast and I haven't got the right stuff. So I just understand why. So very often I get to that point and I think, well, what's happening? It's either me, I'm not getting enough sleep, or if I burn out, then that's me. That's at fault, you know, because it's very easy to burn out because it's you're working uh, for yourself seven days a week sometimes and you don't take time out for you. That's my problem. Nobody else is. So I cannot blame anyone. Uh, but then my team is really important. So I just become very objective. So I actually don't mind that happening. So when that does happen, I'm thinking, hey, this is a good thing. What can we change now? And now I've actually made sure every month I implement a change. And now if I'm really honest, every week I have a team debrief and I think, right, what can we do better this time? So I try and avoid it happening, but I know it will. I mean, and that's natural because I take on too much. I, I'm doing IPOs, I'm buying companies, I'm taking them public. That's why I moved to Monaco, etc. So, you know, I definitely can't cope with everything at one time, but uh, that's where you need to have a good team, <laughs> take time out, you know, and just have some me time every scheduled every week. Um, and you won't lose the plot. <laughs> the bottom line is I absolutely love it. So if I, if someone said, oh, well, would you stop and forever stop? But no, because for me, the bigger picture is I want to leave a legacy and I'm, I'm sick and tired of complaining about how life isn't as good. As, you know, I don't complain anymore, but I, there was a moment in my life where I'd look at people and think, well, this is not good enough. Like their women are not doing enough and there's a pay gap difference or men are like this or whatever. But I just wanted to fix that, you know, and then I I might as well become that little change. Um, I can help other people in the world. And I wouldn't, and now I can't think of ever stopping Fortune Academy ever because it's it's a legacy. It's way bigger than me. And what the, the audience of Fortune family is more important than me. That's the reality. And that's why I keep doing this because it's never about me, to be honest. It's always about them. And I'm just helping them along a journey. So I love it. Yeah, I love this. I'm going to go a little bit deeper with you here. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Before I want to talk kind of emotional, maybe a little bit into the, the sexual energies as well, because I think this is a really cool. like, well, okay. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> the feminine and the masculine. This is a big yeah. conversation that keeps showing up. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like it's, it's kind of new to the entrepreneurial space. It was, is, you know, common in the spiritual space. Okay. I know some women are probably hearing this and thinking to themselves, oh yeah, but like, do I need to be in my masculine quite a lot? And then you have some women that stay in their masculine all the time in a quote unquote, like man's type of world or male dominated industry. How do you navigate this? And does it affect your relationship in any kind of way? 
Um, okay, so really important questions, and I'm glad you asked because it does affect the people you have in your life. I mean, for example, let's do the relationship one. So very quickly, that one is a factor because I am I would classify myself as a go-getter, very alpha in some ways. Um, but yet when I dissected my company, even with a brand and PR specialist in London, they were like, your company is very female. And I was expecting the opposite. I was like, oh, so I am still female. This is great, you know? So I thought like I've taken over this male-dominated world. I've become a man in the process. Um, and it's not the case. It actually, in a relationship, you have to be with a very secure man. That's what I've noticed. So women, yes, you are going to struggle when you're an alpha uh, or someone who's like, you know, hyena. If you don't have a male uh, counterpart that, it, or even female, you know, like, or anyone you're with that is super secure with their life, they are going to have a problem with it. I'll tell you from firsthand examples I've had uh, when I was dating before I met my partner. Now, um, I had so many bad situations where I was with an alpha male and I actually thought that alpha male was my my kind of other half. It should have been, you know, and I thought, okay, maybe I need this super alpha, like crazy person, like this extrovert. Um, and they absolutely hated when I was running the show in any kind of little dynamic. Like I would happily be like the little princess, just take me out and like, let's just have fun. And like, I would happily, I do that all the time. Uh, but they like that part of me. But as soon as I'm like doing my thing, making more money maybe than them or whatever, that was a major, major problem, trust me. And then there was another guy. The only person who was okay with it was a guy that was 10 years older than me that was um, pretty cool. But he was like, I don't know, some mafia lord of some sort. I had no idea. Like the only reason he was okay oh, with wow. it. Yeah, because he ended up doing stuff that I had no idea what he was doing, which was completely like off the right I was like whoa do I want to be in this space no so that was not didn't last very long so my point is like you can be with a very alpha person uh, this isn't right and wrong you've got to navigate yourself but for me I wanted someone who would allow me to be me and I allow them to be me, them you know and that involved a very secure person so I'm not telling women that oh you should only be with a guy that is subservient to you no I don't have that like I'm with George and he can be very annoying sometimes and he doesn't listen to me and I don't listen to him you know it's like normal dynamics in a relationship but he's so secure as a male he had money uh, he has his own money he has his own self-worth he doesn't need me to make him feel better or worse you know so that was important that's all I look for someone who's self-sufficient financially they don't need me I don't need them uh, but we are very like he treats me loads like he still kept me like a little princess which I loved because if you lose that for me I felt that was unattractive for me you know like to still find a guy that can treat you like a princess was nice um, and it gets harder though when you are like a super go-getter female some women really find it tough I certainly did it took me a long time to get into a good relationship space um, in terms of how I navigate myself, super easy. I mean, men are amazing. Uh, I find working with men super easy because they are very, um, they're very happy to see women do like they actually find it more impressive for a female to do what I'm doing compared to a male doing what I'm doing. So it actually is the underdog spirit is what has got me this far like I always see myself as an underdog I'm hanging around billionaire men in Monaco and um, you know they might see me as an underdog but they will talk to me because they're like she actually has a pretty solid brain up there that knows what we do like the company acquisitions the process of the IPO whereas another male they're actually more competitive with so I feel it works really well um, and with women I actually change my tone a lot. So I'm very different with women. I allow them to be like the, the alpha and I always am subservient. So I mold to the people in front of me. So I, I know when to keep my authority and I know when to take it away. So with women, I take it away. I completely like I'm an open, like I'm very open with them. But with men, I, it, it depends on the guy. Like if they're really old fashioned male chauvinist, I have to really stand up and play to my strengths because they don't take you seriously. Um, but then there are some really cool, you know, 20th century, 21st century men, and they are nice. And then you can just be yourself, which is fine. But you really have to learn how to le read the dynamics. You've got to read the aura, read the dynamics. Like I can read people's 
aura very quick and see how to navigate from them. So there's not just one side of me. There has to be, you've got to mold for the situation. Yeah, it, I'd imagine it would take quite a lot of emotional intelligence and emotional fitness too over time, being in these yeah. conversations with people that are, let's say, financially or within their definition of success, being crushing it for so long, there is that power that comes with that. And I think sometimes that can be intimidating for some people that aren't there. So, and, and I could imagine too, as a woman, cause I do, you know, I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs and I do hear that they've got to be very strict with their boundaries as well. Cause some men that are used to power and having that, they, they try it on you a little bit. So I, I'd imagine you've had probably quite a bit Maybe. of a, uh, in my early 20s, yes, but I was very cutthroat. So I knew how to, when I, if I was, um, when I was a bit naive, that was a problem. So right. maybe in my early 20s, um, I don't have that problem now. I'm 38 now, so I'm cool. I, I'm past that no, stage. You're 38? No way. Yes. yes Damn, I, I thought you were, were like early 30s. You're doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Routines well, are working for you. <laughs> <laughs> the me time works, right? <laughs> um, no, but you're right. At the beginning, I used to actually have a major problem. So my 20s were very turbulent mentally because I was thinking, wow, do I like this world or do I hate this world? Because the secret part of me hated it. I hated the men. I hated the way they would try and hit on you for just being like a female, the only female in the industry. And then they would try and take advantage because, yeah, they were used to being this powerful person. And as soon as you said no, sometimes they were like, we don't want to talk to you again. They would, it would become personal very quick. But that's because I was allowing it to be that way. I, I wasn't putting the boundaries up. I just being like, you know what, I'm in business. I'm not trying to be your friend. So that was the difference. Uh, as soon as I realized that, and you're very right, you need emotional intelligence. And it took me years of understanding um, human behavioral psychology. I've read books and books of it behind me uh and i've had like uh so many uh peak performance coaches in that so i'm like a junkie when it comes to self-development so i learned from the best in the world about human behavioral psychology and i still do and uh, that's what really saved me because when i understood the power play the ego the problem that these guys were having that i don't deal with those now obviously but if i did come across anyone like that easy like you know no problem at all like they don't have any power over me the way I would feel when I was 22. So it's a big difference. Um, and I'm glad that you talk about it because it's an important area for women and men to know. So, yeah. Yeah, good. I feel like we got both sides of the, the coin there on that conversation. So I like that you covered that too. You said you had some mentors. Who are a few of your mindset mentors and even just money, money-based mentors, financial mentors? Okay. Yeah, really good. Um, now, money, okay, let's go with the mindset because I started off with the mindset people first. Yeah. Um, mindset was, uh, the first book I read was Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Oh, yeah. um, this one is really, really good. I bought three copies of it since and this is because they got really tatty after a while. And, uh, and this is like, yeah, classic book, you know, like not many um, people probably talk about it as much now, but this was my first book I read, 2004 or 2003. And then I became addicted. I've done the Martini work. He's great. I love the guy. Um, and then I've, um, I mean, I've been everywhere. Like Tony Robbins was obviously like someone that was a big presence. I didn't do any of his training, but uh, his events were amazing when I saw him in, in National Achievers Congress and whatever. And I watch his YouTubes. I watch everything. Obviously, YouTube before that, um, Jim Rohn, loads and loads of it. Zig Ziglar, anyone um who else from the top of my mind mindset i ended up doing tim grover like tim grover is my most recent i love the guy like the guy is he's like the dad i wish i had <laughs> you know if i had to pick a dad character that would be him i think he'd be pretty scary though um but he's cool he's really cool so i actually you know he's my peak performance coach um as well i have used various like people you've never heard of as well, just based on, I actually, for a long period of time, and I'm still looking for peak performance coaches right now, it's Tim. Um, but I would pay anyone who could just pick out stuff in me that I haven't seen. That's so important. Like that's what helps me grow. So I love being put on a, uh, you know, dissected and saying, right, tell me what's, what I should be working on. I love it. I'm always a student. Now, when it comes to money, 
um, I have learned a lot from real life people. I would be honest. Uh, books are secondary. The real life money came from my mentors in property that were people in the UK initially. So they were 20 years older than me. So I'm 22 at the time. And there were at least 42 plus, a lot of them. Um, so I learned from them. And I then learned from you know, referrals from them to higher level financial advisors who are really bad, some of them. Then my best ones came from the financial world when I got introduced to hedge fund owners. That's where the big money is. Billions and billions and billions. I met billionaire here, but billionaire there. Like now I have billionaires as my students. Like a guy that has a two billion pound hedge fund is working with me because he wants me to clear up his mind. So I don't believe... Um, many books teach as much as the real life people however this books like this are really good you know like bit of an insight the one i was showing you joel things that uh, the deals that changed that made the world reading the real life stuff and ray dalio if i had to pick although he doesn't talk about money he's more about principles like i study the principles behind the wealthy guys making money is dead easy you just need to have a really solid team around you but then yeah i mean there are good money mentors out there. Now I put in practice what I do and show and teach my 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 business owner mentees, etc. So it can be it can be taught really well. Love it, love it. Uh, I believe that we must garner a an investor mindset in order to really multiply our money. You know, when yeah. I look at the Forbes top list of the wealthiest people in the world, 85% of them are investors, right? Yes. And obviously you've been playing in this space for a while. How do you view investing? Is there something you can share with us that you feel like is a very common thought in your mind that if we were able to also embody that too, that that would be a great way to view investing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, investing is everything, but you, people are naive when it comes to investing. And even I was, and hence I say it is uh, everyone knows the building blocks of making wealth. Like they see properties in there. Oh, tech's in there. Oh, um, trading's in there. Um, businesses are in there, but they, and they just put the money, they throw money at this thing, hoping that it will grow. So I'll give you an example. Like I, my first property investment was a scam, actually. It was it was actually referred to by my accountant. Can you believe it? My own accountant said, invest in this off-plan stuff. You know, the guy's here. It's good. I'm doing some too. And it was a scam. Like, that's what I mean. Like, don't listen to accountants. Uh, and none of these people are actually that good. Honestly, I had to be 10 steps ahead of everyone. I had to learn the law myself. I had to learn tax law. And I'm doing an event on tax-free stuff. Um, but I have to keep it educational because you cannot say tax advice. But the point is, you can't trust financial advisors. Like, I, I put people in... Now, when I teach people, I don't come across as... I'm not, I tell people, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not going to sell your financial product. I don't want to do that. I want to make you aware of how this world and the law works you make up your mind. Like I put the power into them. Financial education is everything. When I understood what makes property work and how property deals make uh, money, that's when I made the money. So I started um, buying really cheap property and are they still, I still got them. So the point, I mean, the best advice would be really learn about it. Like, for example, I did Forex before I ever thought about the stock market. Um, I did Forex and I mastered it. It took me a long time to master it. And I learned from the best, in my opinion, at the time. I didn't do stocks because I didn't find a stock trader mentor that I resonated with. And then when I did learn it, I actually wanted to create the stock instead because I was fascinated at how stock price moves. So now I'm not into buying and selling stocks. I'm actually creating stock putting that in the public market because I've got market makers, I've got hedge funds, I've got asset management licenses, et cetera, that I can actually use and do and play the money game the way it's supposed to be played. I control the process as much as possible. You know, like you create great companies or not create, acquire companies, create this incredible IPO process. Money comes from the public. So it is, It. I mean, now I, I'm, I do study though. You're very right. I do study the rich and see, well, what are they doing? And there's tech in there. There's stuff like steel, oil, you know, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't know anything about that. And I won't invest in things like that in a hurry. So I don't have to be a master of everything. I will just 
get really deep into some of the industries. It'll take me like a three-year period whereby I'll go all in. Then I will spin that plate. And then the rest of the place is still spinning. So like the property one's been spinning for a long time. The Forex has been spinning for a long time. The IPO stuff is spinning right now. And now I've got a tech company that I have launched. And that's like my big finale, you know, like tech is incredible. And that's why I'm building my social media because this tech app is uh, equivalent to like a Robin Hood. And it's going to be more friendly. And I study and I, I've met up with some of the big players internationally that have tech. And um, yeah, I learned from them, you know. So I can't say that I'm a genius. I've created myself. I've got the guy who created Candy Crush is my student, you know. So like he's one of my traders' students and he's created my app. So I'm very excited when I do launch this thing. It's going to be like very exciting. So um, yeah, you know, wow. I get investing is everything though it's everything yes yes oh, i love it you just took us on a journey you, you literally taught us the levels of how you've built your career yeah. and i'm sure this has inspired a lot of people here hopefully a lot of women are listening to this right now and going you know what i see inspiration in that i see hope in that and uh, i'm really hoping that they reach out to you as well to, you. to get a good start so yeah, you're doing amazing things in this world. And I'm just so happy that you're in this space teaching people how to integrate all these things like, you know, making money, but also how to have great routines throughout your day, great relationship, the mindset yeah. piece, the investment piece, the go big piece as well, and, and really living in your vision. So well done. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate you being so open to, you know, getting your audience to listen to different aspects like this, because I guess I just want to, I mean, I'm working with men so much. So as much as, much as we are trying to encourage the women, um, I have more men. I have, like, I think it's still 60% now. We, we've really closed up. We've got more women. Before we were 80% men, you know, so we've improved. Yeah. But I would love, you're right, you know what, women really need to get on this making money bandwagon because they're not doing enough, you know, and they're not playing the big game. And I'm trying to change that in every little way I can. So thank you, Joel, for helping that process. Um, and men, you guys, I think you're great. And I honestly would love to work with more of you guys. Anyone who, just give me anyone who is really, really uh, ambitious, but more importantly, has the tenacity to grow. I, they're not going to get knocked down and stay knocked down. I want them to really persevere. If they've got that and they're willing to be coached, everything we do at Life, uh, Fortune Academy is a lifetime. So that's a bonus because I believe that greatness can't be created overnight. Like it needs to be nurtured. And I'm there. Every time I grow, I help and improve my mentees. So you know what? I just want to have more incredible people in the Fortune family. So here's, here's to it. Wonderful stuff. Hitha, thank you so much for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast. Uh, yes, if you're listening right now or watching this, make sure you head over to Instagram and check out Hitha. She's got a link there. Uh, you can DM her. Her team will get back to you as well. So, you know, very accessible, which is great. A lot of people aren't. So I love that you're putting yourself out there. Uh, Hitha, we end every last interview with this question here. And this question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech yeah. to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? It would be, well, start with the end in mind. So go to the point of where you're gonna leave because everyone forgets that we're not gonna leave, live forever. Ask yourself, who do I want to have been? What kind of effect do I wanna have given to the people around me that I cared about or who knew about me? And that's really, really how you create the legacy that you're you're trying to achieve. Because without that in mind, you're just going to drift like driftwood. So remember who you want to be. Take actions every single day to move one step closer to that. And always look back at where your thought process came from. Once you figure out the root cause of what made you believe what you do, then you can change it. Without that power and knowledge of knowing where it came from, you can't take it out, you see. And that's the problem. We don't want to take the bad stuff with us in forward, moving forward in life. So... I hope that summarizes it all.